0: This is episode number 243 with Jonathan Perkins. Welcome to the Practical Christian Podcast. My name is Travis Albritton, a former rocket scientist turned Bible teacher. Each week, you'll hear mind-blowing interviews as well as actionable tips and strategies that you can implement in your daily life to become a more effective Christian. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump into your daily dose of Practical Christian Training. I've got quite a treat for you guys today. Uh, Jonathan is an incredibly dear friend of mine who also has an amazing heart for God, uh, serving in full time ministry for more than half of his life. It's a long time, guys. Half my life in ministry—that that would be a long time. <laughs> so, but in today's interview, I was able to pick on, pick his brain on something you don't really hear a lot about on Sundays, which is anger, right? Which is it's weird, right? Anger is. All around us. It's, it's something that is common, yet you don't really hear a lot preached about it or taught on it. So I was very excited about uh, bringing him in because this is something he's really dug into for personal reasons and for ministry reasons and has a lot to offer uh, to every single one of us. And so some of the things that we dig into are his personal struggle with anger, where anger led him even after becoming a Christian and being in the ministry and kind of the turning point for him, where he really decided to to take immediate action to to address it. Um, and then some really interesting things that that not many people think about. Uh, Jonathan talked about how our upbringing and the examples we had growing up shape our response in tense situations, and that there's actually three facets, three sides of anger only one of which is the emotion itself. And when you can understand each of those pieces, it gives you more tools in your tool belt to be able to to understand what's going on and be able to act righteously when you start to feel angry. Uh, but before we jump into the interview, I wanna remind you, if you haven't yet, to grab my ultimate Bible discussion template. If you are a small group leader, if you are a ministry leader, if you are ever putting together group discussions, this template will save you hours of time and make your discussions more engaging and so if that's something that would be interesting to you helpful to you just click on the link in the show notes or go to smallgroupmastery.com and you can pick it up download it for free but without further ado here's my conversation with jonathan perkins jonathan thank you so much for joining me on the podcast Absolutely. Thank you, Travis. So, so we go back several years. We've, we've done ministry together in various capacities. So I'm excited to be able to kind of show you off in this very public way to everyone that listens to my podcast. Via audio waveforms. Yes, via audio waveforms. Now, tell people a little bit about your personal journey with dealing with anger. Because I think it's interesting that you kind of bring the, the full-time ministry perspective but then also as someone who has kind of wrestled with this personally. And so just give me a little bit of background on kind of the, the origin of your, your anger and when you started to identify it and maybe some, some points where you said, you know what, this is something I really want to address head on. Thanks, Travis. I appreciate asking that. I think my journey
1: learning about the nature of my anger started when I was younger. I did have some angry outbursts. And stuff. But then when I studied the Bible and I started following Jesus, I felt like I had conquered many aspects of my anger and I felt I was in control. And I was doing full-time ministry and everything was going well. And then I got married. <laughs> and that that was a real turning point because I think part of what it was is that I had built up walls to protect my heart. But when as any of you listening know, if, if you're married or even if you just have close relationships with people, the people that are closest to you that you're vulnerable with can also hurt you the most. And when Carla and I got married, and she's an amazing, amazing woman, but we definitely started getting into some pretty bad fights. And I saw myself, I saw a side of myself I did not like, and it was starting to hurt our relationship. She also is a fiery Latina, very spicy. And both of us, uh, it was just difficult for us to work through those things. And anger was, there was a lot, that at the root of it was a lot of anger uh, at each other. And that resentment, that bitterness of the fights, I knew that something had to change. And otherwise, if something didn't change our relationship would be potentially irreparably irreparably damaged you know so
0: was there a pic- particular instance or a particular fight that was like an inflection point for you where it was like enough is enough i need to figure this out
1: yeah i think some of the fights they would you know start verbal and but there was a time where we would say things back and forth and the wounds would get deeper. And it got to a certain point where I just felt like I I couldn't, I didn't want to hear any of the things that she was saying that were disrespectful. And I remember grabbing her face and saying, stop, you know, or something like that. And I just thought, I'm not in control of myself anymore. I am not at a point where I'm really representing Jesus Or what I believe, or the fruits of the spirit, or anything else. And so I knew that if I didn't do something, if I didn't change, then my heart was going to get hardened and I was going to continue to do things that I
0: regretted in an escalating fashion. And so as you started trying to piece together some things that were going to be not just spiritually correct, because I know. Whenever you're kind of in the Christian world, there's the right answer, right? The, the pray more, get counseling, get discipling kind of answers. Um, but those don't necessarily lead to the long-lasting results that you're looking for. What were some of the things that you found to be really helpful for you personally in starting to, to understand where that anger was coming from and then also some things that you did to mitigate that and really uh, kind of turn a corner?
1: I think what really started to change things for me is I found this group before church that was meeting, about an hour before church, and it started examining what was happening inside the body from a physiological level, but also from a neurological level, and also from a spiritual, practical, biblical level. And we started talking about these things, and I realized there were people in that group that I did not expect to be in that group, like normal people. (laughs) people that, soccer moms, other kinds of people that uh, in everyday church, you go, why would you even be here? Why? It doesn't even look like you should be here. But everybody was there because they had things that were of the heart. And what started to help me was understand that God created our bodies in a certain way. And we can take our bodies in a certain direction, our minds in a certain direction, our hearts in a certain direction that is not Healthy for us not pleasing to him and is hurtful to other people And so it was really it opened my mind that this isn't about anger management. This is about understanding God's perspective on why he created anger What is it good for? Is it a curse? Is it a gift? Why is it even there to begin with and if once I started understanding and exposing the root of that then I started seeing Whoa, there's a certain power to anger that he gave us, and it's not a curse. It's a
0: gift, but it's only a gift if you understand why it's a gift. So there's a lot that I want to unpack in that, that short period of time. Uh, before we get too far down the road, I do want to ask this question, which is that until you did a sermon series on anger in the church that we both go to, I had never heard a sermon series on anger, and I've been a Christian for over 12 years right, and, and grew up in church. Why do you think this is something that isn't really talked about that much? I think it's a
1: little bit like smoking has been in our society in the 50s and 60s where it's just accepted. And it's one of those sins that people, well, let me back up. Anger in itself is not a sin and If you look in Ephesians 4, you can see in your anger, do not sin. We'll get there later. But you can distort anger and the expression of anger and you can sin. And I think we, so many people do it. Road rage, uh, fights at home. It's almost just an accepted part of life from so many people that people don't think this is something I need to change. And so that's why I think there aren't sermon series on it. I don't think that there's enough training on it. But in my over twenty years of full time ministry, I think it is literally one of the biggest destructors of relationships that exist, and yet it's not talked about very much.
0: So let's uh, dive into the three primary aspects that you mentioned about anger, or the things that you learned in that group: um, the biological, the neurological, and the spiritual. Right? Kind of walk me through each of those, and like what's at play. What's happening to someone when they're experiencing uh, anger or they're, you know, getting into a fit of rage or a place where they aren't even in control of their actions anymore? Kind of walk me through what is happening. Because I remember the first time I heard this, it was really eye-opening for me to be like, wow, there's there's a lot more going on here than just you feel angry.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's the brain, the Bible, and the body, right? So those three things. There's a lot happening— When we start to have a conflict with someone and part of it is that I want to unpack is just to share and talk about a little bit is the brain because that part is left out a lot and we get training from when we're children on how to express our anger because if you think about your authority figures, your parents, the people that were in your life, they modeled for you what was acceptable. And how to get angry, and so you might have someone who is an exploder, you know, who throws things, who uh, yells and vents and curses and does stuff like that, or you might have somebody who is like an underhander and passive aggressive, and they say snarky comments, but they bottle it up, but you know that they're they're like little anger ninjas throwing darts at you <laughs> and it feels horrible. And then as a child, you're trying to win their approval, but you know that they're angry at you, but you're in the doghouse and we have all these expressions and things like that. And then you have some people who there's, there's two other anger styles. I I look at four total that um, I explore with people and you get that modeled for you and that gets incorporated into your mindset and your thinking. And so then you take that with people. So when when with your, your your friend or your boss or your spouse or whoever, your your brain that's your starting point, your default. So you have a default, but there's all these things happening in the brain, and when you understand what's happening inside the brain, then you then that actually helps you to be able to navigate the situation and it could be with your spouse, could be with your boss, could be with your friend in any conflict, but there's a lot happening there. There's also stuff happening on the spiritual level and even just understanding and unpacking what God's view on anger is, it helps you to navigate where you should go, how you should, the words you should choose and the actions and the path that you should take, you know, in those kind of conversations. So that you can actually build up your relationship and not destroy it. Uh, Another thing is in your body, you feel things and you can learn how to read the signals from your body on what's happening so that you don't have to do uh, damage, whether it be like temporary or long term, the body gets affected by what's happening in your thoughts and spiritually. And so those three things, the brain, the Bible, and the body, those are all just really key avenues to understand holistically what's, what's happening in your heart and, and uh,
0: why your anger is coming out as it is. And, and the reason I wanted to dive into that is just because it's so easy, if, if you're not aware or if you're not informed or if you don't even know, it can be difficult to fight an enemy that you can't even see. You know, like I, I think a, a really good parallel is with uh purity, like sexual purity. It's like if you're just trying to manpower it into submission, that's not really effective. But when you start to understand all the different components that feed into what's leading you into those temptations and causing you to react that way, now you have the awareness you need to, to be equipped to overcome it and to fight through it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean that's how I felt with Carla is that I wanted more than anything to treat her kindly and and to do what's right and to be a great husband, but those moments were hard, really hard and i I couldn't will myself and in fact when i would I would try things, but it just wasn't working and i real- I was hoping that uh she would do things differently, but I realized it was me that needed to change. And I needed to understand, I needed to have tools to understand how to view the, I I would almost say it's like perspective that I could step outside of myself, see what was going on. Like Dr. Strange in the movie, Dr. Strange, there's a scene where he's on the hospital bed or, and, and he, Comes out of himself and is looking down like an
0: out of body experience
1: exactly and that 's what I needed. I needed to be able to step outside myself, see what was going on in my brain with my body, spiritually, to understand, oh okay, you can make a different decision here. this is how you get out of this
0: and then the other thing that I wanted to to touch on that and, and I want to go as far into this as we can because I think this is can really be really helpful for people is that anger is not bad. Cuz I think that is new that was news to me when I first heard it. I was like, "No, no, no. Anger is bad, right?" What do you mean it's not? It's not necessarily bad. So, kind of talk through what the Bible teaches about anger and and then how God created anger to be used in a righteous way. Sure. So,
1: I think anger is viewed as bad because most times we see the expression of it in a distortion of what God would want it to be. So, road rage, classic, anger. But that's not, that's a distortion of what God would want for it to be. Anger really is like a bodyguard that is gonna fight for you. So, when something happens, a conflict, you feel threatened, anger can come out like a bodyguard. But if you don't know, if your bodyguard's not trained, he's going to get out of control. He's going to hulk out. He's going to start wrecking things. And he's going to he's going to wreck a lot of, of relationships in an attempt to protect you. And that's why we need to understand what it's for. In and of itself, anger is neutral. And it's just power. It's the power to be able to defend yourself or to attack. Or for example, there's a story of this little old lady who was in her 80s And she lived on the street and these gang members started taking over her street and she saw every day them running kids off, recruiting them into gangs. And finally, she just got so sick and tired of it that in her anger, she was like supercharged and she went out there and with a stick pretty much just beat them off herself and said, get out of here and never come back here again. Now, from a rational perspective, she had no power compared to them they have guns they have xyz but it just it did give her like a super boost of power and so anger in of itself is just power it's neutral but how it comes out and how you utilize that anger that's the secret so anger really is a gift it's not a curse if you use it correctly If that makes sense. And so, for example, in Ephesians 4, 26, it says, in your anger, do not sin. But it doesn't say anger is sin. It says, in your anger, do not sin. Right. But it is very easy to sin in your anger because there's a lot of emotions happening, a lot in the brain, a lot in your body, body, and there's a lot of, of personal feelings there. I think Ephesians 4 is a great chapter for people to look through. Because there's an evolution throughout that whole chapter in chapter 4. Paul teaches us that the Gentiles are being separated from God because of a hardness of heart. And then as he goes on, he says, but look, you as Christians are taught differently. And you're taught to put off your old self. And It says in verse 23, to be made new in the attitude of your mind. And we're to put on our new self it says in verse 24, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And then in verse 26, it says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not give the devil a foothold. And it's interesting because it ends the chapter talking about our speech. Do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only as helpful for building others up according to their needs. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And then it says, get rid of all bitterness rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. And I think for many of us, that's where we want to get to, right? Like, so when we're with our boss and and our boss is mistreating us, or we're with our coworker and they do something underhanded, or we are with our spouse or uh, let's say our mom who is somehow weaseling her way into this scenario to try to take control. Maybe she's a very controlling person. Who knows? I'm just making things up, That, but they're real-life scenarios that I've, I've seen, encountered, and counseled. We want to be kind and compassionate, but our anger flares up, and then we end up not doing the very thing that we want to do. And so anger is just power, but it must be understood in order to be positive power. Otherwise, it's destructive power, if that makes sense.
0: No, that makes total sense. It's like a, it's like an energy that we have, tying back to the, the physical aspect of it, and then how we channel that could be used for righteous purposes or for unrighteous purposes. Yeah, and yeah. So, So what are some things that, you know, let's say that someone's listening to this podcast and they wrestle, they struggle with anger. And they're like, okay, that's great. Andrew, anger in itself is not a bad thing. What do I, how do I process when I start to feel angry about something? Like, like how do I begin to train myself to channel that in a righteous way? What are some tips that you can give that person or some things that are just genuinely, generally helpful no matter where someone is coming from?
1: The first thing I would say is that anger is a red flag that something is wrong. That's, it's a, just a very practical red flag that something is wrong. You're feeling angry because there's something broken or something amiss, and so it's important to understand what that what that is. The second thing I would say is anger, most people think they're just angry, but what I have discovered, and I have a deep conviction about, is that anger is not the primary thing, it's the secondary thing. Anger is the reaction. Now the problem is most of us go to anger so quickly. And it may not be overt anger. I'm not saying that you have to throw something or, or it doesn't have to be like that. But in our in our spirit, what's happening is we're, we go to anger so fast that it masks the fact that there's something that happened before that. And what I try to counsel and teach people is there's a process which you can slow it down, almost like when you're watching a sporting game and something happens really fast, but most of us love to see the instant replay. And we love to see that super slow-mo, like he's reaching for the ball. And then, you know, you can see that, oh, this guy hit him as he was grabbing the ball. And so it was a foul or X, Y, Z. That's that's what I try to help people to do is, that's what I've tried to help myself to do, is slow it down so much that you can see frame by frame what's happening and when you dial it back there's always a root behind it and it comes down to either feeling hurt threatened or disrespected in a way that you react and so the reaction is quick to anger and then there is four different distortion models that people can how they can express their anger that none of them are godly. But if you can dial it back and if you can slow down frame by frame, then you can get to the root of what made you angry. And that is that there's a threat. You feel hurt. You feel disrespected. And that's where the real magic lies in the whole thing because that's what's going on in the heart. And what we see that God encourages us to do is reflect on that. Like if you go back to Genesis 4, And you look at what he did with Cain, Cain was very upset with his brother, very upset. In fact, he was having murderous thoughts. Now, did God not know what Cain was thinking? God's omniscient, he knew what Cain was thinking, and yet he still said, Cain, why are you so angry? Why is your face so downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. And I love that because he asked Cain these questions. Really, I believe so Cain would ask himself these questions. Like, why are you so angry? Like, what's at the root of what's going on? And that's what I think is so important. That's what I've learned to do. And I think I really, you can ask my my wife and my kids. And, <laughs> and I think it's really a night and day transformation for me personally um, that I think has changed the way that I, my it's changed my marriage for sure. I mean, I, I don't know how we would have lasted at that rate, to, to be honest. Um, and even if we did, it wouldn't have been the joyfulness of, it wouldn't have had the joy in my marriage that, that I experience now because um, it would have been so much reaction happening, uh, even if it wasn't escalated, it, it still wasn't pleasant. And then with my kids, I've taught them all these principles. <laughs> and so it's incredible because they know what I know now, and they're 15, 12 and nine. And so we all talk about these things together. And so we we have all these keywords that we can say to each other. And we understand what's happening in the brain. And we kind of call each other out and talk about it. And it's pretty (laughs) hilarious. And I mean, if Carl and I start down a road, uh, they, they immediately can say, whoa, 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 you're getting hijacked. Your amygdala is getting hijacked. And, uh, (laughs) and you know, there's so many cool ways that we discuss as a family, but they also themselves know as, as kids what's happening and they can get time to reflect. And, um, you know, and there's a lot going, uh, you know, that I didn't mention, for example, in the brain, you know, you get to a certain point of anger And in the chemistry of the brain, there's a chemical cocktail that gets released that is going to take 22 minutes to filter out. And so even at that point, like for example, for me, if I start to get angry in a situation and even with all that I know, just physiologically, even just the the, the chemical cocktail has been released and it's like in the cartoons where your eye, the eyes start to fill up and they start seeing red, if you've ever seen that before. That's what it's like. You're now a brute beast. And so I know for myself, part of the the key is knowing like, uh-oh, I'm getting to that point where I am not processing <laughs> this properly. My prefrontal cortex is not in control. My amygdala is getting hijacked. I'm in fight or flight and I have got to bounce like that's my personal word. I said bounce. I just got to bounce, you know. And I got to bounce out for twenty two minutes. That's why timeouts actually have validity uh, because basically you need that time to let the the, the, the chemicals clear out uh, of your brain. So,
0: so it's not ten seconds. Ten Cause, seconds cause does
1: pretty much nothing
0: because <laughs> that's that's what I heard growing up was like if you get angry, you know, count slowly d- down from ten to one, and then and then kind of respond or then enter back into the conversation but you're saying that's just giving your body just enough time to recognize how full of this chemical cocktail it is and then reengage in in your anger.
1: Yeah, I mean, it depends. I mean, if it's at the beginning of the conversation, you're not if 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 you're not to a point where your amygdala has been hijacked, then maybe that would work. But many of us keep wading in and we go back and forth to a point where we are saying things we regret. We, we are thinking things like we are blinded. We are literally blinded. And at that point, 10 seconds, you can wait 10 seconds and you'll just come right back in on the attack. Your anger is going to be a hostile, a hostile environment. It's not going to be an edifying environment. It's not going to be like the end of Ephesians 4, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. We're not in that space at that point.
0: Right. And, and there's so much more we could dive into. I mean, we're just scratching the surface on this. So what I love is that you've taken all of this stuff that you've learned both personally working through your own anger and then also counseling others and created a resource for people and, and, and are getting ready to release that. So if people are dealing with anger and they're not really sure what to do with it, you're going to potentially be able to learn directly from Jonathan here very soon. So tell me a little bit about what it is that you're creating and who it's for.
1: Yeah, so I guess for me I kind of backed into this in a way because for myself personally, it's changed my life. And this isn't about anger management for me. This is about understanding what's going on in the heart and it's about changing marriages. It's about it was about changing my marriage and even for my my children. There are so many times where as a parent, I could see that if i didn't know what i know now i could really ruin my relationships with my kids um it could be disappointments it could be misexpectations, whatever it doesn't matter but i'm a sinful person that could get could have a distortion of anger including putting my kids in the doghouse or whatever um there's a lot of paths i could pick but this but knowing what I know now allows me to choose a truer path in so many of those scenarios. And even the times when I don't, it enables me to come back to my kids and have an open talk about just like last night, there was a missed expectation. And I went back and you know had a great conversation with my son, Joshi, because I said, hey, you know what? I felt like here's where I was hurt and I was probably too hard on you can you forgive me? And he's like, yeah, dad, I forgive you. And it allows me to come back. And, and even in the scenarios where I I don't do it perfectly. And that led me to want to not be selfish and honestly hold on to this myself, but give it to other people. And so I have created a course, uh, a masterclass to be able to have people walk through and get the training to understand what I've learned in the last 18 years of this I've been in ministry for over 20 years, but I've been working on this for 18 really. And that's what has inspired me to try to help other people and not only with the material, but also even potentially with coaching as well, because I think sometimes we need that person to talk to. We need uh, an extra boost of counseling because some of these situations are sensitive as well. And it's not just made for the the exploder person who throws plates, although that's, if that's who you are. I mean, <laughs> you, I was you, I'm about you. to say good for you, but it's not good for you. It's just <laughs> like you are accepted. Um, you are who you are. But it's also for the people that have hidden anger styles. And there are some hidden anger styles as
0: well. And it's men and women. So if somebody wants to to learn more about your your anger course and to to potentially, you know, get some more information, where where do you want them to go? Where where should they go to find out more?
1: Yeah, they can go to angermasterclass.com and they can sign up to receive more info and that way they can stay in the know on as the masterclass is being developed and released.
0: Wonderful. Well, Jonathan, I love to close out all my interviews with the same three questions as a way of kind of stealing your best advice and your best experience. Uh, So the first question I have for you is, uh, how do you stay close to God on a daily basis? What do those practices look like for you?
1: That is a good question. I think one of the keys for me is being able to pray at all random times and thank God for the things that he is doing and try to continue, Consistently humble myself to look to him for wisdom and answers because I don't have them all So that's one thing I think another thing is to thank god at random times whether it be Getting an ice cream cone With my kids and just randomly thanking god for that or the resources to have a meal or so at all hours, at all random times, I think that that helps me feel and stay connected to God.
0: Well, and what I love about that answer is everyone can relate to just trying to find a shred of time to have a spiritual thought. <laughs> you know, it's not—we don't always have, you know, two hours set aside to have our nice, quiet time with our coffee by the window with the sun coming up and just like this perfect scenario. It's like in between going to work, coming home from work, doing groceries, running errands, managing the house— you just got to find some time to reconnect to to stay in the game to stay spiritually focused. So I love I love that answer. Um do you have any books that you would say have had a really in, a really large impact on you spiritually uh, apart from the Bible? Anything that you would recommend?
1: Yeah, I think um I have several books I can think about. One is Abraham by FB Meyer. Another is Repentance by Richard Owen Roberts uh, which talks all about the concept of repentance and the seven marks of repentance Um, another is A Tale of Three Kings so there's so many I mean this is one of the (laughs) hardest questions you could ever ask me there are so many books that have had a a powerful influence on me so it's hard to those are just three on the top of my head, but I don't know if those are the all-time three, but Master Plan of Evangelism, I mean, there's there's just, I could go
0: on. Awesome. Well, I'll leave links to all those if you want to check them out, see if there's something you'd be interested in. Last question I have for you, Jonathan. What advice would you give to someone who wants to make an impact for God?
1: I would just say that I believe that each one of us should remember that our time on earth is limited and so although there are many great things to do in life and fun things and nothing none of that is wrong i think that we should continue to try to drive towards asking god how can i best be used by you to make a difference on this earth
0: that is it for today if you like what you heard make sure to leave a review in apple podcasts and join the podcast facebook group to connect with the rest of the podcast squad i left a link in the show notes if you are interested in jonathan's anger masterclass, you can uh, sign up on his email list and get more info as that comes out special thanks to all of my patrons who help keep this podcast ad free and if this podcast has made an impact in your life please pass it along to a friend Every day is an opportunity to grow closer to God and make a positive impact on the people around you. Take action with what you've learned and help make the world a little more like heaven. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.